This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I am Coach Jen in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Karen Chatton from Gardnerville, Nevada. And you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 12th, episode 2432. Good morning, Horse World. When your start time's on Saturday and your finish time's on Sunday, and it doesn't get much better than best conditioned, and completing the challenge is the challenge, you're an endurance rider. Now, Karen, endurance expert extraordinaire, 2,432. If you were to average... Wow, the meat. How many? How? How long would endurance horse take to get two thousand miles? Oh my gosh! You know it is so independent on you know some people get the, you know it's almost like getting infected. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's a relevant comment. If you're listening, if you're listening to this episode in the year 2023, (laughs) go back and Google 2021 20, and you'll find out why we said that. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So you get infected and then you might go crazy and you might do 500 or a thousand miles in a year. Really? Yeah. I, I have done, I have had ride seasons multiple times where I have done over 2000 miles in a season. Really? Uh, you know, I remember the first time I did a ride season where I did a thousand miles on a horse in one year. And I thought that was like, really awesome so you know it it just depends and then other people they only do two or three or four rides in a season so it's going to take them five to ten years to do that Mm -hmm. Uh, so it just very individual yeah it's very individual very yeah definitely you're making me feel pretty doggone inadequate right now because (laughs) i am so excited if i can make it to two rides in the same year well see there you go (laughs) especially oh my gosh especially this year well today this is a what 20 the year 2020 throw it out the window you know you know how they have the dark ages you know in england they call the dark ages because there are very few records because people weren't writing things down in great britain at that time so they call it the dark ages this is our dark ages they're going to take everything we say and write and i think we should put we should redact it because it's all ugly (laughs) It is. <laughs> it is. It, and it's, it, it's, yeah, there's, there's so many things wrong. So many things. Well, there's some things right though. There's some things right about today. So please tell me who yeah. we've got coming up today. Guest wise. Okay. So guest wise, we have, uh, cause I, I saw last week that Glenn had posted about having, uh, equestrian artists mm-hmm. for the, for the week, for the theme. So I found a endurance writer who is an artist. She makes pottery, t-shirts, decals, all sorts of stuff. Uh, she, she creates awards for rides. 
uh, and her name is Ann York, and uh, she has uh, the website, Ride Like a Girl. And then we also have Michael Campbell, who is an AERC board member, and they had a board meeting last night, and he's going to come and tell us what's going on with the future of AERC Sanctioned for, rides. for the rest of the 2020 ride season. Yeah. And I, th- I think, I, don't, I, I do not follow the boards of very many disciplines, mm-hmm. um, so I can't say... I can't offer an opinion on how those boards are handling this whole situation. But for me personally, I think the AREC board is doing a pretty good job of communicating to its membership what they're doing, what they're not doing, and why. Mm -hmm. And why. Kudos. Right. You know, and it is hard because I I did see, uh, I've seen a couple of posts where, they were having the board members try to figure out what's going on in every state because every state is different yes. somewhat. Yes. And it's kind of, it, even here where I am in Nevada, we don't even really know what's, what our state is requiring. And is it, is it a recommendation or is it a mandatory? Right. Thing? Yeah. Oh, even right on down to recommendation. And here in Florida, Everybody was very upset, equestrian-wise, when the state parks had to close down for a little while. Needless to say, that's one of the reasons a lot of us live here. But slowly but surely, they're getting a lot of them back opened again. And even uh-huh. within those parameters, there are some uh, some some variations. They'll have a sure. certain part of a state right. park open uh-huh. and a certain part not. So it's a little bit frustrating, and everybody's a little bit hangry right now anyway. So yes. I get how uh-huh. all that, yeah, I get it. So adventures everywhere. Um, and you always fill us in at the beginning of each show because you come on the second Tuesday of every month and we get to chat about endurance things and equestrian things and horsemanship things and veterinary things. And uh, you haven't been for a while. We had a couple of best ofs there when things were kind of crazy. So you're yes. back and uh-huh. you always fill us in on your adventures and I hear there's a Mustang in your life right now. There is right now a redhead. A redhead. <laughs> I, have, I haven't had a redhead for a long. My first endurance horse was Chestnut, you know, which we call a redhead. He was, uh, and so this one, his name is uh, Milo, Mustang Milo, and we're uh, uh, got him from my friend Mark. Mark Montgomery, which we've had him on the the show, show. hasn't he? He has a couple of times. He's done really well in the sport with his uh, BLM Mustangs. He won the Hagen Cup with one of them at Tevis. Um, And he's actually, I crewed for him at Tevis last year. And he had multiple horses that all 100% completion rate did really well and so uh he had contacted me because unfortunately i lost one of my horses in march and offered to let us take milo and use him for the summer and try him out and um so milo he's he's quite a character he (laughs) yes he is quite a character although during a whatever you want to call this epidemic plague whatever <laughs> it, <laughs> it it's not always the best time to have a young he's 5 years old and so 
you know, clearly he's still young and inexperienced. He's learning the ropes. But oh my gosh, every single person is out on the trail right now in my neighborhood. Because I just have to go down my street and I'm on BLM trails. Uh, but I everybody, hate you. I hate you. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but and then, uh, to, and then to add an extra layer on top of that, the shooting range over here is closed down because they're doing some reconstruction and improvements to it. So now anybody that would have gone to the shooting range, now they're back over here onto our BLM trails shooting. And then we've got everybody with a motorcycle or ATV or off-road vehicle. And uh, uh, we have seen there's more obese dogs getting walked (laughs) in our neighborhood (laughs) than we have ever seen in our whole lifetimes. 10. (laughs) So it's it's actually kind of comical. It, it's like, okay, we are just going to flat out give up going, trying to go out on a weekend. Yeah. It's just too it's many people, too much going on. Yeah. There's too many people. And especially the ones that we're not, there's, we, we can go out and we can see 15 or 20 people we've never seen before in our whole lives. Yeah. <laughs> like where did they come from but they don't (laughs) have any manners or respect or trail etiquette Uh, it's a wonder they're not all running each other over and shooting each other (laughs) (laughs) so this this poor young horse it's like we took him out and we're just riding down the street and he's been up and down our street and there's plenty of stuff to see on a normal you know, casual day, you know, there's goats and there's llamas and there's, you know, normally we do see some motorcycle, off-road motorcycles and stuff, but here comes this little teeny kid and he's got to be maybe five years old, Mm -hmm. you know, he's waist high and he comes running towards us carrying an umbrella. You're kidding me. No. And Poor Milo. And of course, I happen to be on him this time, not my junior that now I've got her on chief. And chief just stands watching the whole thing. And I swear you could see he was smiling and laughing because now all of a sudden this Mustang. And by the way, do you know that Mustangs can go in reverse just as fast as they go? I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) So now I'm going backwards down the street. I went down. I don't know. The length of an entire, you know, one of one of the the houses properties in reverse, just about as fast as I've ever gone forward on this horse up until that point in time. And I'm finally yelling at the kid, "Put the umbrella Put down!" The umbrella down! Oh my so gosh! It was really funny because he, yeah, he just went zoom backwards and uh got him stopped and we went out we did our the rest of the ride and everything was fine and we came home and i came in the house and got an umbrella that horse he wasn't afraid at all of the umbrella not nada so it was the little kid that he never met before running at him that (laughs) it was the little kid (laughs) that's what we determined was the was the issue so yeah we had that kind of uh you know like surprise Mm -hmm. there's you know and you think you've ridden horses your whole life there's still always something always something new now is is milo your first mustang he is yes i've only had arabs or uh morgan i had a morgan and and then when i was a kid i had a pony Uh, but otherwise uh yeah the first mustang Do do you anticipate having any 
significant <laughs> difference in your routines or method to get them ready for competitions? Or are I you just... Know, it's hard to say. We are going to go out today for another ride. Later on this morning, the kids have virtual school um, that's going on right now, but they're coming over and we're going to go out on the trail and because uh, it's a weekday, which is safer. Yeah. <laughs> the weekend. But, you know, he the, the only difference is that he is just so friendly. Like if anybody is just walking down the street, he is out there at the fence and he follows along. Really? He's like. He's like a puppy dog. He is the friendliest horse. Isn't that and, interesting? Um, you, you know, and you, you you try to get him to to back up or not be in your space. And it's like, you might as well be talking to a boulder. <laughs> he's like, no, I love you. I want to be right here in your face. Oh, so funny. he's very lovable, very friendly. He's been on um, hunting packing trips mm -hmm. he's packed out elk you know for the last couple of seasons so he you know he's not completely green it's yeah. just that the little kid with the umbrella is something that uh, apparently he's not afraid of just the umbrella by itself so, <laughs> it's so it's you, 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 need, you need to break that down first you have a tiny child stand still and then you have a tiny uh, child run at him yes. and then you have a tiny and child with a clothes umbrella <laughs> exactly and it's like I've lived here for, I don't know, decades, and I've ridden past that house for, you know, close to 30 years, and that's never happened before. Do you, did you even know a child lived at that house? Yeah, yes. Okay. There's like three little kids that live there, and they've got goats and chickens and yeah. and stuff, but why was he running around with an umbrella? Because he's bored. You, just, you can't make that stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot make that stuff up. And speaking of making stuff up... Um, I, uh, from what I hear, we've got, um, some interesting ways to stay busy while we're all stuck mostly at home. So right. our endurance tip, ding, 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 ding. Our what are we going to do? What have you got? What advice? Cause we need your advice. For those, if you're stuck at home, uh, of course, don't spend, try not to spend too much time on the internet. You <laughs> don't take things too seriously if you can help it. But there is a new group, a friend, an endurance writer friend of mine started, and it's called uh, Horse Training from Home. And every week they're posting exercises and stuff that you can do from home. And I believe they're going to start letting people, if they want to videotape what they're doing, and then you can post it and people are going to be able to comment and stuff and it's just basically stuff you can go out do with your horse you know spend some quality time doing things i know endurance riders often just want to get on their horse and go ride mm -hmm. but there's you know there's always a good time and place to go out and do some arena work and and work with them doing different things and for example, this last week, uh, some of the exercises, I'll just go over them real quick, were uh, to get four equally spaced trot poles that you can practice trotting your horse over, which is good to teach them, you know, 
So they learn how to go over obstacles on the trail and you can do that either just in hand or on a lunge line. Uh, and another thing is to get a bag of cans, get a plastic bag and you, you know, fill it up with maybe empty water bottles, empty soda cans, uh, get buckets or, or barrels and pick it up and introduce it to your horse. It's, you know, just basically exposing your horse to things, you know, get the kid down the street with the umbrella to come there over. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So just stuff like that. Uh, you know, so you can check on Facebook, YouTube, and of course the horse radio network has tons of episodes where we talk uh, about training stuff. Exactly. You can talk about training stuff. There's lots and lots and lots of stuff you can do. You know, you can, uh, you know, one of the things I always like to do, especially when I've got a new horse, is to either pony the horse or just take the horse in hand and go for a walk and go out on the trail. And And that's, yeah, that's a really good thing for people who, people and or horses who are uncomfortable with hacking out and trail riding, that's a really good way to start and introduce. Make sure that you and your horse have a good relationship on the ground to begin with. In other words, your horse is happy and obedient to be on a lead rope with you. Practice some of that stuff at home if you don't normally. And then do it a little bit at a time in hand. And that's a, a... a low sure. stress way to help introduce it. Exactly. You get to know each other. And, uh, you know, like this Mustang, he definitely needs to learn social distancing. <laughs> because <laughs> I cannot walk that horse without him literally crawling into my pocket. <laughs> he is so friendly. And it's like, okay, dude. <laughs> back up <laughs> you don't need but, to be that close yeah so yes um yeah you got to learn you, you know and it's a good time to learn manners and learn how to um lead the horse so he can follow behind you or next to you but you know because in endurance a horse needs to be able to do both of those things if you're leading down a narrow trail with a cliff the horse needs to be able to follow behind you without stepping all over the top of you or knocking you over or dragging or along behind and pulling your or, arm out of the socket. Exactly. So those, you know, now's a good time. Go out and, you know, practice some of this stuff, you know, get online, look up the, the horse radio network episodes and, or YouTube videos or go to this, um, group horse training from home look up some of these things and you know it'll give you something to do and and it'll allow you to set some goals which we all need to do yep yeah and it's motivating because okay i'm stuck at home all i have is my pasture to ride in or even a small paddock to ride in Uh, and typically you would go on trails or go to an arena of some sort and have Uh, regular riding lessons, even, even contacting your regular coach or instructor who can't come out, or maybe you're one of those people who gets most of your instruction by way of going to clinics. Well, there's a million Uh and one clinics online on YouTube, watch some clinics, get some information and give it a go. Right. What have you got to lose? Nothing. Right. Right. Exactly. And if you can afford it, 
go take some lessons. Yeah. Now's perfect time. Now's perfect time. Lessons okay. are always, you know, I always have said it's one of the best investments you can make in yourself and in your horse is to take some riding lessons. Yes. And I think for a lot of us in the endurance community, for folks who came to endurance first before experiencing a discipline that, uh-huh. that is more more horsemanship oriented in that your horse has to do a lot of very specific moves through cues. Sometimes the value of that is lost because all you do is follow the trail. There's not a ton of steering going on. There's not a lot of leg yielding going on. There's not a lot of collection going on, but (laughs) knowing how to do those things and your horse understanding the cues for those things Mm -hmm. is huge. It it can make a huge difference on your horse's longevity on his soundness. Yeah, just changing diagonals or leads and, you know, knowing what those are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, knowing what they are. And they're for free when you think about it. And that, that, because that's one of the things I love about endurance is the barrier to entry is almost nothing. You you have to be able to stay safely on your horse. <laughs> really, when it got, nobody cares if your heels are, heels are down. It doesn't affect your score. It's kind of nice because it helps you be a better rider for your horse's sake. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, taking the time to learn those equitation skills will make your horse's experience and your experience right. better in the long term. And again, they don't they don't have to cost you money. You can take that stuff on and learn it by yourself. Right. You can. Mm-hmm. And speaking but, of doesn't have to cost you money, why don't we give Kristen from the Distance Depot a holler <laughs> and find out how she's going to save everybody some money this week. Hi, Kristen. It's Karen. How are you? And Jennifer. Good. How are you? Fine. We're doing well. <laughs> Good. So how are things going for you during well, this time? I know I was just sort of reflecting on the last few months as I waited for your call. And it's been a, a pretty wild ride, as I'm sure most people <laughs> could Would explain say. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, because we went to um, the AERC convention in Jacksonville, sort of before all of the pandemic really hit. Right at or, the beginning of it. Yeah, right uh-huh. at the beginning. And then um, we hit an endurance ride there in Florida before we came home. And basically then came home to a shutdown and lockdown and all of that. But we, because we manufacture and we make all of the tack here in-house, we've stayed very busy. Um, most of your listeners, all of our endurance people, NATRAC riders, and, and all of the trail riders have really supported us. So we've been so very fortunate um, that we've kept our people employed um, Oh, good. And, and we've just reopened to the public. So that's a new um, adventure for for us, um, trying to figure it all out and keep everyone safe, all of our customers and our, our team, too. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a journey, but um, we're all on it together, I guess. And, oh, good. And doing the best we good. can, staying busy. So it's Okay, so, so tell us what the options are in regards to your custom tack and the colors and choices that are available? Sure. Well, we have uh, quite a variety um, and many styles for just about every horse and rider, no matter what your discipline. Um, But of course, we have, I think we have a couple dozen different bridal styles 
um, because everyone sort of has what works well for them or has an idea of what works well for them. Um, and if you don't, of course, our team can help you get into one of the styles that would work best for you and explain the differences because there are a lot of options. <laughs> um, and we're trying to please everyone. So there's, you know, I think we have uh, just a ton of colors um, to start. We have about 30 of the beta colors. The beta is the matte finished uh-huh. material. And then the shiny colors, we have a couple dozen of those. That's the biothane, and that's mm-hmm. typically used as an accent color. Um, on top of the matte finish, we like to use the beta against the horse because it's um, more comfortable. It's a little more padded Softer. and a little mm-hmm. less sticky. Um, but we have some customers who really like the shiny, so we do our best to accommodate those those people who like that material. Um, but again, a ton of different breast collar. We have padded breast collars, non-padded breast collars. Um, Navajo design. So now we're offering the the cool Southwest patterns. I think we have about eight of those. Um, and people can request color samples. So if they give us their mailing address, we can pop a few color snippets in the mail to them because color monitors all see colors a little bit differently. Um, so it's always good since it's custom made to Pretty much all of our tack is custom made due to all of the choices we have. And if ever, I, I always try to tell people, if you get overwhelmed, call us and we'll walk you through all of the options. Uh-huh. Because like I say, there are so many options. Um, and it does get overwhelming, especially if it's not something you've had to order before. So definitely give us a call and we can walk you through. But the best part of all of this is that it's easy to clean. Um, super easy to clean. It doesn't crack. It doesn't mm-hmm. peel. It's really comfortable for the horse. So, um, it's I always say the 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 biggest problem with the biothane is that it never wears out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It, Generally, it someone has to get a new up. horse, <laughs> need a new color because it doesn't wear out. So exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we have a great. I mean, our turnaround. Our our team here does the best job um, ever. Our turnaround is typically the same day or within a couple business days, and your custom tack is on the way out to you. Um, and then our shipping, you know, even in this pandemic time, we've been able to get all our orders out just as quick as we can, and the carriers are doing a pretty good job considering mm-hmm. what they're up against. Um, but we get our tack made in one to two business days, so it's probably one of the fastest Little turnarounds fast. on custom tack. Anywhere. So, um, I'm just going to say anywhere. Yeah. yeah, I'll put it out there. <laughs> Yep, and we do offer solid brass and stainless steel. So, again, there's just lots of different sizes. We have a measuring page if your horse is particularly large or small, or if you want to talk about sizing, again, they can always call our team and we can walk them through any of that. Great. So so what is your website address and your phone number? We are www.thedistancedepot.com, and the phone number toll-free is 866 Six three two three four nine. Terrific. Well, thank you, Kristen, for joining us. And thank you. Great to talk to you. I'm Thanks, happy Kristen. To hear that you're busy. That's great. Everybody, yes. go shop. Yay. Yes, we're so thankful. <laughs> thank you to everybody out there that supported us. We really appreciate it. Cool. See, now I got to go shopping again. Halt. Scooter needs a new halter. There and I only have I only have three sets of reins, so maybe I'll have to get another set of those. 
I know. You know, the thing with endurance tech that is so awesome is that it really does last forever. Like I've been writing Chief. He's 25 years old this uh, last month. He turned 25. He has only ever used the same set of reins. His wow. <laughs> and he, yes. And so, but they, and they're in great shape. You know, I just run them through the dishwasher every so often and they come out looking brand spanking new. So this stuff just really, truly does last. Yeah. And last and, and last. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with the the newer biothane products or the, the beta biothane, the biothane mm -hmm. is the shiny one that you used to see all the time because that was the first product that the company came out with. And now that they have right. the newer beta, from more uh -huh. than about five feet away, you can't tell brown beta it's Especially from brown if it's leather. brown or black, it yeah. looks just like leather. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I have two sets yes. of the uh -huh. rubber reins, and I am totally mm -hmm. in love with the rubber reins. They are so uh -huh. grippy and so soft. In love. And comfortable. And comfortable. Right. Easy to clean. Yeah. They wear forever. It's, yes. yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Really. And she made extra long ones for me because Nigel's a big guy. Uh -huh. Okay. And regular length English reins, if I was riding on the buckle, I had to keep my hand well out in front of his saddle outlet, like oh, okay. at the base, at the right. front base Got of his it. withers. Uh -huh. Well, if yeah. you're doing an endurance ride yeah. and you're riding on the buckle for an extended period of time, your arm kind of gets tired of being out there. <laughs> <laughs> so I had her make extra long ones so that if when I was riding on the buckle, I didn't have to have my arm stretched out in front of me. See, for and everybody listening is salivating over the fact of, uh, I want to ride on the buckle for an extended period of time. <laughs> I well, I will tell you, we're only doing that at a walk. If I'm doing anything but walk, we are not riding on the buckle. <laughs> I know. I know. It's wonderful if you have a horse you can ride for hours on a loose rein. That's yeah. just fabulous. Yeah. And you know something I've That's I've learned now, and, and this is my adventure into endurance riding, and I get to go to all of one or two competitions a year, so it's a, it's a very slow learning curve. Um. <laughs> At mile 12 or 15, we can start to trot on a loose rein. <laughs> but until then, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For my horses, it's usually uh, right around there. It's like mile 17. <laughs> yeah, thereabouts. The prop that you yeah, see, this, this yeah, 20, 2020 was supposed to be the uh -huh. year that I was going to make it to a 25. Maybe not. Maybe 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, all kind of cool stuff. Distance Depot. The Distance yeah. Depot when you Google it or type it in. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So next up, another clever person who makes cool stuff. We're going to speak with Ann York, who is both endurance writer and artist. Let's get her on. Hi. Good morning, Ann. This is Karen and Jennifer from the Horse Radio Network. Hi. Hi. Good morning. How are you doing today? Oh, waking up. Got my second cup of coffee. So <laughs> I think I'm pretty... Good. Somewhat coherent. <laughs> Got Good. the horses fed, the dogs are fed, everybody's happy. <laughs> Good. So how are things going with you with everything kind of in this weird, I don't know what yeah, you want to call it. <laughs> changed a lot for me. I, you know, I, I'm probably not as much as with a lot of people with the, you know, really devastating changes, but uh, a lot of my business it has always come from events. 
as I do a lot of awards, excuse me, <clears throat> and, um, and, uh, you know, ride shirts and just, all, you know, I, I wish I, the list is long, but, um, you know, of course, everything got canceled and all my jobs that I had lined up for the spring got put on hold or, you know, maybe everybody says, oh, hopefully next year. And so it's, that's been kind of a, a big adjustment, but, um, I found, I found a lot to do, so I'm, I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I've got, so, I've got a couple of really nice sized clients that, you know, use my, me for graphics and they're still going forward. So I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not bored. I've got plenty okay. to do. And plus I can always work it. I can work at home, which is really lucky. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's good. So how did you get involved in starting to do like all of your awards for the endurance rides and, and stuff like that? Uh, well, I've been doing ceramics uh, for quite a while. I'm not even, you know, gosh, I'm old. So it's probably been 40 years that I've been doing it. it sounds like a long wow. time. Wow. Uh, and, uh, but I'm, I'm more trained as a graphic artist and, um, and I kind of combine those things. You know, I, I love fine art and I love ceramics. Um, but I am able to use my computer and my, my vinyl cutter to cut masks for the, uh, glaze, Uh huh. put, you know, verbiage on it, ride names, um, kind of, you know, ma- not mass produce, but, you know, certainly do the same thing, you know, many times similarly. And, uh, and, uh, that I don't, you know, I, I don't even remember my first award job to tell you the truth. It was, it I'm sure it was probably an endurance ride or maybe it was an Arabian horse show. I, I was pretty involved in the Arabian horse association before. And, uh, it's, I, you know, it's changed through the years and I, I do just a lot of custom work too. Um, you know, just, just basically, uh, bowls, bases, uh, dinnerware sets, uh, you know, and then I think I really actually started with signage, a lot of, uh, tile signs for ranches. Mm-hmm. But, wow. But how it started, I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember somebody Too saying, ago. hey, you should, you should make a sign with that. And I went, huh. You know, and so, I, of course, all my friends got to be my guinea pigs at first. So they all, had, you know, they, they all got the, the, the early versions and uh, seemed to be pretty happy with it. Wow. But, yeah, uh, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And so it's how did you be able to kind of go with the flow and change with what's needed? Shh. Right. How did you get involved with endurance? Well, I always wanted to do endurance. I just, that's just the kind of riding that always appealed to me. Um, you know, I was a, just an avid trail rider when my kids were little. I did as much as I could and, of course, took them along. If I, if they, <laughs> some of them wanted to, some of them didn't. But, um, you know, the kids, I always had an extra horse around for, you know, that the kids could ride. And, uh, but once that they all got out and went to college and got their lives going, I, had time. So that was probably only about 10 years ago that I did my first endurance ride. Oh, okay. But before that, I, I did, I did volunteer, you know, you go, I, I always had time to go and, you know, pull ribbons or, or, you know, whatever the uh, help with, with at the vet checks or whatever. So, you know, for the local rides, I was, I kind of got my feet wet that way, but mm-hmm. wait, once I got to do it, it's just, it's such an addiction, it's And so, just, you know, to get out there. and oh, Right. What are your most popular designs as far as t-shirts go? Well, you know, my friend uh, Janet uh, complete has ridden the Tevis so many times. Janet Wirtz, and uh-huh. she's um, she's just such a such a great rider, and she's really helped me and mentored me in endurance. And she and I cruised for her 
I think it was, you know, well, I've heard for ever since I think 2011, but um, 2016, she just, there was just this really cool picture of her on Cougar Rock and, and it got posted and one of my friends, you know, tagged it, ride like a girl. And dang it, if that didn't just start, you know, a whole t-shirt line. So um, uh-huh. the ride like a girl shirts have been super popular. And there's, uh, you know, of course, we try to include the boys too. So I've got ride your adventure and there's just, you know, I've, I've gone off in a lot of different directions and tried to include a few other disciplines, uh, dressage and raining and, you know, over fences. And, but it, the ride like a girl is just keeps going. It's, it's kind of <laughs> endless and it, it seems to get more popular. You know, people like, at first they were like, well, that's not very nice. And I'm like, no, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's a good thing. And, oh, okay. You know, so now I, at first it was a little hard, it was kind of a hard sell at first, but now everybody seems to uh-huh. be on board. So Sure. Well, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of women and girls that ride endurance. I think a well, lot women are just so badass, men. you know. Uh-huh. Just- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're just, we're tough and we just, you know, I, I, I love riding with my girlfriends. They're just, they're so much fun. Right. Right. I, I like, I like riding with the boys too. I'm not, you know, I don't want to be just, you know, I'm, I'm sure. not going to segregate yeah. off, but. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So tell us about the virtual endurance ride that you Oh helped. gosh. Well, that was again, Janet, it was her idea. And she was, I think she just had a whole lot of time to think she was on her ride, uh, her way to a ride in Arizona and, um, you know, which was a pretty good drive from here. And she called me on the way home and said, I think I have an idea for what we can do. Because at that point, everything was shutting down. She barely, mm-hmm. she, she could barely get home from Arizona. It was just like, things were just happening so fast. Right. So, um, and even as we planned it, you know, we, she, she mentioned it, like, I think on a Monday and by sat, like, the following Saturday, we held the ride. So it was really fast. And she got all, she and a couple other gals got really organized on the the front end, you know, with the forms and everything. And then I just tried to make it pretty and, um, you know, offered shirts and stickers and all that. And dang it, if it wasn't just the best timing, because we got in just under the wire of things really getting tight. Uh And I think people at that Uh point were so, just so frustrated and, you know, confused and didn't know whether they could ride or not ride and, or where they could ride. And, And it just ended up being a really fun thing that a lot we figured gosh if we get 50 people won't that be great and I think we ended up with about close to 300 so it was wow (laughs) and we had we had riders and hikers and bikers and you know we opened it up to whoever wanted to just get out there and it just I don't know it just got to it turned into just a day of like celebration it was just everybody was sharing pictures and stories and you know on the on the um, page and it you know we had to keep the event private and I'm it, it was a little frustrating because a lot of people tried to share it and they couldn't. But the thing is, I mean, can you imagine if we hadn't, how ridiculously huge it would have gotten? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and since then, yeah. a lot of people have, you know, I, I'm not saying we've, we've invented it by any means, but, you know, it was definitely just Janet's idea. And since then, there have been so many people that have come to each of us and asked for a little help and setting up their their virtual event. And, you know, we've, we've We've definitely helped where we could, and uh, I think there's one there's one going on. This as week, I, I'm pretty sure as we yeah. speak. Yeah. So okay. So explain you know, for the listeners what exactly uh-huh. is a virtual endurance ride. Well, you, you, it can't be sanctioned because you know there's just really no way to compare. It's you know there's it. My ride's an apple, and yours is an orange. You know, I mm-hmm. it's there. So sure. so it was really just for fun, and um, 
everybody was required to use some kind of GPS and be able to upload their results. And like I said, Janet got really, really organized on the front end because that to me was mind boggling how she was ever going to, you know, be able to uh, crunch those numbers, but she, mm-hmm. she did. And um, it was, you know, just kind of everybody just rode within a certain time frame. I think it was like between eight in the morning and six, six that night, you had to upload, upload your results. And some people kind of got exceptions for like, you know, if they had to, they had to um, work that day, they got to ride the day before. It really didn't matter. You know, we just tried sure. to rein uh-huh. it in a little bit. I think I, I know there's another really big one going on now. I think it's a hundred mile competition where they're giving people like, you know, months to do it, which makes sense. You know, there's really, you know, but the fun thing about ours was having it all done on the same day. Everybody was just like really in the spirit. And, uh-huh. you know, right. Just, Cause that was, was the beginning. Like, and it, was, it did. Right. Yeah, the reality a little of bit more like a ride. Yeah. Exactly. Like we're all going, we're all doing it together. Let's go. Exactly. Together, but not. Everything else was getting shut down. And yeah, I think the beauty of the virtual yeah. rides and events is it just gives everybody a reason and a chance to compare and celebrate the, you know, their accomplishment and, um, you know, maybe get a t-shirt or a sticker that says they did it. And, uh-huh. but it's, you know, in, in lieu of all being around the campfire together, it's not, it's, it's kind of fun. So, right. It gives yeah, a goal. We got. Yes. We all yeah, need. That's the thing. I'm, I'm really frustrated without some kind of goal. You know, even though I just love getting out there and riding, I still want to have some reason, you know, some, some ride on the, on the horizon that I'm kind of getting ready for. I know. So, um, yeah. I know. Yeah, this uh yeah. yeah, our next guest is gonna tell us about the board meeting last night and what's gonna be Ooh, that'll be good going, going yeah. forward with AERC and, and rides yeah. and you know it's a, it's a complicated thing because we've got Oh, I can't imagine all the, it out. Yeah. I know all the stuff going on. It's kind of yeah. it's a crazy world we live in. <laughs> I don't envy their job trying to figure out what to do next. I know. Yeah. I know. So, Anne, are you going to do another one of these yeah. rides or is it a, there one coming up? Well, it's, you know, it's not up. I, I'm really not the brains of the operation. I'm just kind of the brawn. So um, I, I, I've suggested it, but it doesn't really seem like the right time right now. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of, you know, a lot of other things going on. And just really, after, as soon as we did ours, things got so complicated. I don't think we could have done it a week later because <laughs> there was no place wow. to ride. Uh-huh. You know, it was like, and, and it was kind of like you got shunned if you did, you know, it was like, <laughs> it was just because every day it was, the rules were changing. And, yeah. and right yeah. now I'm not even sure what the rules are. I, I swear, you know, I've, I've <laughs> gone into the bandana making business and I'm having so much fun making um, horse faces and dog faces and, you know, just kind of, you know, because we're going to have these masks around for a while, I think. And I don't think it's a bad mm-hmm. idea to cover your face and it's polite if, you know, if nothing else. But, you know, I figured might as well have fun with it. So I've been making you know, border collies and and Pyrenees and Weimaraners, and it's oh, it, I'm cool. just having a blast. Do you have so any greyhounds? That's that's. I haven't done a greyhound yet, but I'll put that on the list. Put that on the I list. I will definitely do a greyhound. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've got 26 dog breeds now. Oh my people gosh. keep asking me, you know, do you have this? But it's so much fun. I can't stop. I'm I'm and, you know <laughs> I certainly have the time. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not well, like I got anything better to do. You you have and you have about fifty million different places that people can find you. Where can they find you online to learn more about what you do and all that cool stuff? 
the best place, well, on Facebook, of course, there's just me and York, and then there's uh, Ride Like a Girl is my, my business page. And I also have a business page for Starfire Design Studio, which is my ceramics. But Ride Like a Girl is kind of, it's got a little more going on. And then online, it's uh, the website is the letter U, and then ridelikeagirl.com. So you ridelikeagirl.com. There we okay. go. And uh, everything's there. All sorts of stuff. So <laughs> keep me busy, folks. Keep you busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show is, today, Anne. It's beautiful. Oh, thanks so much. It's really great to talk to you guys. I love the thanks. show. Thanks, Anne. Bye. Okay, okay. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Cool stuff. And right there on the homepage of yeah. You Ride Like a Girl, there's a picture of a endurance rider cruising up the hill in what looks like a lovely tropical area that looks like a little bamboo on the in the picture <laughs> i think that was probably originally cougar rock uh most likely looks sandy you know, it looks kind of iconic i don't know what the the ground is like up there uh, okay uh well cougar rock is just a solid rock <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah there's there's lots of rides with sand you know we're we're just we're dreamy see we're dreaming about the rides so that's right we're dreaming they could be anything we want could be anything they want in a dream that's absolutely right well we're going to go from the wonderfully fun artistic and dreamy to the down and dirty and practical and we're going to give aerc board member mike campbell a holler in just a sec good morning michael this is karen from horse radio good morning good morning how are you doing well thank you for joining us well, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> oh, gosh. What a crazy time we're in. <laughs> sure is. It is. So we're, um, we're talking with Michael Campbell, who is a endurance writer and past president of the AERC. He's a current board member, and he is here to uh, update us a little bit on what is going on with the sport of endurance riding in the United States. So, Michael, what can you tell us about last night's board meeting? Oh, gosh, it was very long. <laughs> I think everybody was pretty exhausted. It was a, about a three-hour meeting. Wow. Uh, and it was, it was a Zoom meeting. So it was, and one little thing that was a little bit unusual was that uh, we had about 35 uh, non-board members, just regular members who were listening into the conversation. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that doesn't happen a lot, and uh, or doesn't. I don't think it's ever happened that I know of. Okay, yeah, the uh, Zoom but, thing is all kind of new. <laughs> yeah, I think for for most people. And it was a little bit of a struggle for the office to get everybody logged on correctly and signed in and so forth, but. Still, that's a, a nice representation of the members that that are paying attention and trying to understand what's going on mm-hmm. in these uh, pandemic times. So that uh, I thought that was pretty positive that everybody was listening and uh, trying to learn what uh, how things work and what, what was going on, what we were trying to do. Right. And so, what is going on? <laughs> well, the uh, the agenda for last night was um, first we we kind of went over finances. I think everybody's worried that. Uh, AERC's finances right. may be uh, in, in some difficulty, but uh, Molly Grimlaw-Smith is our treasurer, and she does an excellent job. Uh, she was, in general, pretty reassuring. The, the office people have 
uh, all cut their hours. They're trying to be very helpful. And we did get one of the PPP, the payroll protection plan uh, loans, which uh, will help uh, pay for some of their salaries and some of our oh, their good. expenses for, good. for the next few months. Yeah. Uh, so that that's going very well. They're also looking to move uh, to a, a different office that will be a little bit smaller, but a lot cheaper. So I think that's going to happen and that, that will save us money in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, they're they're doing just just a wonderful job uh, of that of trying to conserve funds, and uh, we're we're cutting expenses in all kinds of ways. We we cut memberships with a number of other horse organizations, uh, cut board expenses. Uh, we're going to instead of having a regular face to face meeting, we'll have a I guess another Zoom meeting for our mid year meeting, which that okay. those are usually all day all day meetings. So mm-hmm. then we had a report from. Um, uh, the president of AERC is Monica Chapman. She had appointed a, a kind of a COVID ag- ad hoc committee uh, chaired by a lady named Tammy Rougeau. Uh-huh. She's um, she's retired Air Force colonel, I believe. I think she was Air Force. She's military, yes. and she, yes. had, uh-huh. yeah, she had. She's a registered nurse and had worked in ER services with the Air Force and uh, been involved with the. Uh, uh, Oh, the the uh, epidemic in Africa some years ago. Our son was stationed there too during the Ebola crisis, and so she's she's very familiar with these emergency medical type situations. And she and her committee uh, came up with some recommendations for how to uh, how to manage what what kind of a COVID plan we might need at rides in the future. Uh, all all pretty reasonable. Um, uh huh. And and basically doable. It's not anything we're not doing most of the time anyway. If you go anywhere. Uh, these days, so uh, that that was very helpful, I thought. And they, the committee had within they had, they pulled this all together within about two weeks. So they they worked very hard to get this all done. Mm-hmm. Uh, an incredible job that they did. Uh, then we had uh, at, at the at the April meeting, the board had passed a uh, an, a, a motion to suspend sanctioning. For one month, and we revisited that motion with um, uh, with a, an amendment from the executive committee, and uh, that that's really what took most of the time. I think most people is a very vigorous debate for uh-huh. for like three hours with other amendments proposed, and uh, most of them were uh, were rejected, and eventually the uh, the board passed the final. The or the original most of the original version of of the executive committee's amendment they they changed one thing they changed that we're not going to call ourselves a sporting event but a recreational our rides are going to be recreational events. Okay. So now you were there most of the time too. Did you notice anything? Am I overlooking something? No, I I you know I know this is just such a complicated matter because we have 50 states and every one of them has different, you know, regulations going on and stuff. So, I mean, this is not an easy thing to, to sort through. So no. from what I understand is that one of the bigger problems was the insurance. Yes. And, uh, the insurance uh, we we had uh, a representative from Equisure, uh, Diane Lesher, spoke with us at the last board meeting, the last regular board meeting, uh-huh. and explained that um, the exclusions on our insurance policy would would be if if any ride was held and ignored any local, state, or federal 
requirements for uh, COVID sanctioning and, uh, you know, protecting uh, riders and and veterinarians and, and uh, volunteers. The the veterinarians are really the ones that are at the most risk, I think. But uh, at any rate, that's why we had to look at, at the uh, different state and county and federal regulations. Every board member was assigned a, a couple of states to uh, keep track of what their restrictions are going to be or mm-hmm. have been and still continue to be. Uh, and so that that's how we're trying to deal or at least be aware of what's going on in all the different states. Now, what's uh, the difference between like, an, for example, I'm in Nevada and our governor has said, you know, he suggests or recommends. But what is the difference between a recommendation versus being mandatory as far as not having any groups above a certain size? Yeah, I, I think that I think the difference is if if it's a recommendation, you're probably not going to get a ticket or get arrested. But uh, if it's a okay. if it's a requirement, it's some kind of gov- gubernatorial or even a county wide retirement uh, requirement, then um, you, know, you might get get a ticket and get get fined or or even be arrested. Okay. So, um, but as far as like the insurance would go, do they are they going by? If it's a recommendation of no groups over ten, and you still, you know, do a, and yeah. you know, an endurance ride, you know, where how does I mean, I don't envy you at all being on the board having to sort through this, um, and you know, and sort it out. It's it's just yeah. it's kind of crazy. Well, the. They they were not real clear, and, and bottom line, it probably boils down to this: that if you have uh, if you have a ride, and you do violate some recommendation or uh, restriction, whether it's local, federal, or state, uh, the insurance company would, if there were a complaint filed, and it's not so much about the about somebody getting sick from the coronavirus, it's it, but it's about if someone were injured, you know, and this happens all the time, you come off your horse or. Uh, horse kicks somebody's car uh-huh. or some something mm-hmm. happens, some, something bad happens. The insurance company could look at it after the fact and say, "Well, gee, we're not we're not going to pay for this because uh, it you you know there was a restriction in place that you ignored." Right. So we, we're we're trying to anticipate anything that could go wrong and uh, and make sure everybody's safe and and still that AERC is still safe and has the kind of coverage we'd need to protect the organization. Exactly. Okay. So starting, is it June 1st that AERC will begin sanctioning rides again? Yes. If, if the ride managers uh, meet certain conditions uh, starting June 1st, they can apply. It's uh, roughly going to be a two week process, but they will uh, have to, there are five uh, requirements. And uh, the, if the, um, if the ride manager meets those requirements, submits their application to the uh, to their sanctioning director, who will then or the office, and then the office will send it to the sanctioning committee. And those okay. are all all the sanctioning directors, and they they will look it over and try to get back as quickly as possible the mm-hmm. the motion that passed specifies that they have to get back to the ride manager within forty eight hours. So we'll you know we're trying to expedite things and be as supportive as we can, but at the same sure. time be safe enough to protect the organization. So. Uh, that that's basically how it's going to go. So are, are most rides right now trying to either reschedule 
or did they just throw in the towel and say, we'll, we'll just try to be back next year? Uh, many of them have rescheduled, but, but many of them also, it's, I think it's probably that I know of, it's about 50, 50, 50% rescheduled for the fall. Okay. Okay. And another 50% said, we'll just have to do it next year. Uh, uh-huh. one, one right manager close to where I live, uh, and and we were in constant communication for a while, but she eventually had to just cancel her ride because the the state regulations, state restrictions, uh, prevented her from having more than uh, ten people at a okay, you know, yeah. at any degree. Yeah, that gets really complicated, and uh, and I know a bunch of us we've got our horses they're working on becoming a decade team or whatever, yeah. and we're just you know really wanting to get to a you know to some rides and uh it's just you pull up the ride calendar and you see all the the cancellations and it's like oh my gosh this just can't be happening yeah well and you know we when it's something personal for us we of course feel it more deeply but uh it's happening across the board for for everybody for people with uh with jobs and with other kinds of activities that they're just not able to do during this these pandemic times. I know. I know. And didn't you just recently retire? Uh, or? Well, sort of. I, uh, I retired from my private practice. I'm a psychologist, but I, I just couldn't stand sitting around the house all the time. So okay. I took a job as a, as a professor at one of the local at Texas A&M university and locally here. And I've been teaching graduate classes for the past year. Okay. Well, I'm so glad you made time for us this morning. Thank you. <laughs> well, very glad to do that. Thank you. I hope you can get out and ride <laughs> soon. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're still able. I'm still able to ride around here. I have a little farm, and there are some places nearby that I can go to if, uh, if we get too bored here. So. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us again. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you again for inviting me. Okay. Have a good day. Okay, bye. You too. Bye-bye. He did a great job of making it sound. It's not that bad. We'll get through this. He had a very comforting, soothing tone of voice. I like that. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad he was able to join us. And well, Yeah, uh, they really put, they really, <clears throat> and can, it's so funny because I'm looking back on some of the AERC meetings immediately after Weg <laughs> and the tone was, of those yeah. <laughs> versus the tone of these. <laughs> I know this is just these are just like it's so bizarre. I mean, you this is another thing. One of the sayings we always have in endurance: you can't make this stuff up. You can't the things that happen. <laughs> I mean, who would have ever even? fathomed anything like this Hollywood could not make this up no where the entire sport is shut down and I mean there are places that I feel so bad for some of my friends they 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 have nowhere to go to ride because any place that is open is filled up with cars so yeah. they can't trailer and park there's nowhere it's just for too them. busy yeah it's too busy or it's just flat out closed down. I mean, I'm really fortunate. I basically live down the street from BLM. I'm going to say it again. I hate you. I know. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, of course, we've got everybody else with their brother, sister, cousin (laughs) out there on the trails, especially on the weekends. It's kind of nuts. But, uh, you know, we at least do have trails that we can get out there on. And, um, you know, that's why this is so complicated, because once they do start opening stuff up, everybody's going to go to wherever something is open. It's going to be a temporary bottleneck. Yeah, exactly. And overwhelm the whole the whole thing. There was like one trailhead, I think, north of me up in Reno, and it was open. This was like two, three weeks ago. They had like 500 cars. <gasps> wow. It was just insane. And, yeah. you know, and that's definitely <laughs> not where you want to go. Not where you want to go. You know, you I think, go. I think this is a time and it's, it's hard to do because so the vast majority of parks that we go to, to ride horses, bicycles, hike, they mm-hmm. are government-owned parks. That's how the system works in the United States. So the websites that provide information about those can be a little challenging to navigate. Right. Okay, you find the site, but what you really need can sometimes be really hard to find. And I think one of the challenges that Glenn and I set for ourselves, because we wanted to go um, over the summer and do a little bit of hiking just to get away, because Uh we're not going to be hoteling it. We're not going to be going to competitions to maybe just go find someplace reasonably close that we can camp in some way, shape, or form and go for a couple little hikes. But finding the actual information we need is a little challenging. So I said, you know, what we need to do is find some of the less used and more obscure parks and trails to go to. Right. Well, they're less used and more obscure because there's no information about them. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> it's like nobody knows it's there. Literally. <laughs> exactly. I know. So uh, we're, we're setting forth that challenge for ourselves and we're trying to look at it as a gentle challenge so that we don't get too frustrated. <laughs> I know. Yes. <laughs> so at this time, at this time during the show, we always go over what's going on, what's coming up ride wise. Well, not a lot. So you came up with some other things that aren't rides that are coming up. I did. The ARC has been doing online webinars, which is like really cool. We'll have to post these links because there's a lot of really good information by veterinarians and experts that talk. Uh, and, and some of these are like an hour long or more and they're very educational. And so uh, one of the ones was called When Do Metabolic Problems Arise with Dr. Melissa Ribley. Uh, we have one called Lameness, What's Preventable, What's Inevitable with Dr. Jay Marrow. She's, I know she's the current head of the veterinary committee. Um, and, and there's been, I know there was a recent one with Dr. Susan Garlinghouse and they've got more coming up. And so you can register and watch the webinars live, or you can go to they're posted on a Google Drive link oh, cool. that we can share. And so very educational, very useful for anybody that owns or rides a horse. Yeah, yeah this, uh, this is stuff that's appropriate for anybody, regardless of riding exactly. discipline or lack thereof. Yeah, really good stuff. 
And so, and then, uh, let's see, we have, uh, they've got a, a drawing going on with, um, prizes and things like that for, for ARC fun. members. So if you're an ARC member, you received this email or you should have. And if you haven't, then you should go to AERC.org and contact them and make sure they have your email address so you can receive these things. Because in the May issue of Endurance News, there is a scavenger hunt. Well, who doesn't want love one of those? Exactly. There we go. Exactly. And, uh, cool. And what, speaking of which, we forgot to talk about uh, Renegade Hoof Boots. Because regardless of what kind of riding you're doing, having a good quality hoof boot around can be a handy-dandy thing. It, it is a handy-dandy thing. And uh, renegades are awesome. They're made in the United States. and Support your local business. There you go. Still, exactly. They're still being made in Arizona. And um, I believe probably hoof protection for your horse is an essential item. <laughs> I'm willing to bet. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And uh, they, uh, besides being made in the United States, they come in several different colors, a couple of different models, depending on which shape your horse's hoofs are, whether it's more round or more of an uh, oval or spade shape type thing. Uh, they're very helpful. You can go to Renegade horseboot.com or renegadehoofboot.com and find information on how to measure how to you know check out the sizes or to order online and go ahead and uh you know get your orders in because i mean we can all go ride we need protection even if your horses wear shoes it's nice to have a good hoof boot around because, hello, I never want to have to wrap 32 layers of duct tape around a hoof again because my <laughs> horse pulled his shoe off. You just, <laughs> it's, you know, you just slap that sucker on there and turn him out. You can even ride him. You don't have to, you don't have to stress about the fact that you're going to lose ride time or have to keep your horse penned up or have to wear 32 layers of duct tape if your horse pulls <laughs> a shoe. You just put the boot on. It takes about 45 seconds and you're good to go. Oh, it's wonderful. Yes, they're so easy to put on and take off. There you Super go. Super easy to use. They're yeah. easy to use and, and they last they last if you're using it as a spare tire, it's literally going to last forever. Kind of like those rings you have. Exactly. And good protection. Good go. good protection, traction if you're on pavement or on anything a little bit slippery. Uh, the horses do really good in them. There you go. Renegade hoof I mean, boots. If you Google it, it'll pop up. They have good SEO. Yeah. There you go. Well, exactly. I think that's about a wrap up for today. I'm exhausted. I need to go have some. <laughs> have some I'm going to go have some more coffee this I morning. Know. That's what I'm going to do. I got these kids coming over soon and we're going to go ride. Go ride. Well, post some pictures on we're Facebook, gonna go so we ride, can, and we're going to hope that no little kid comes running out at us with an umbrella. No, today, <laughs> today he's going to come running out with an empty trash bag instead. Well, yeah, you know that's probably not going to be a problem. It's the the problem was is that the umbrella all we saw was this little umbrella about four feet high running towards us because we couldn't even really see the kid. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I wish we funny. had video. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was busy um, power steering yeah. in reverse. <laughs> yeah, I bet you were. 
Wow, what a ride. Oh, dear. And then the neighbors on the other side of the street, they came out and they thought it was their dog because their dog was running along the other side of the fence on the opposite side of the street from the kids. The dog was causing the problem. And they're like, we're so sorry. And I'm like, no, it wasn't your dog. The dog wasn't the problem. And they're like, man, it's a good thing you know how to ride. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing you know how to stay on. Exactly. It's, uh, there yes. we go. <clears throat> That's one thing with writing Arabs for so many years. There you go. Um, yeah, you learn how to stay stuck. <laughs> you, you learn how to use that Velcro butt. Well, there we go. Well, thanks for listening to everybody. Everybody, Karen's going to be back again next month, month on the second Tuesday, and we'll see what's changed and what hasn't. Right? We hope. We hope that there'll be you know some rides we can talk about that there are happening. Go. There we go. And we will uh, we'll see you again tomorrow. We'll be back again tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, we'll have a we'll have a horse health report because it's Wednesday, so we'll have something veterinarian to talk about. So we'll see y'all then. Mm-hmm.